Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today pre-market podcast. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Monday, the 8th of May. And as usual, with all the information contained in this podcast, is general advice only. So please do your own research. Contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this podcast. All right, well, let's kick things off as usual with the scores on the doors and a very, very good end to the US markets for the week. Certainly a big relief rally in the banking sector in the US, a lot of buying back of shorts in those regional banks. So for the time being, maybe things will get a little bit more steady and stable. The Dow Jones closing up 547 points or 1.65%, 33,674. It had a high of 621 points up and a low of 121 points up. So uh, pretty much towards the top end of the range there. NASDAQ up 269 points, up 2.25%. 12,235, back above the 12,000 level. And we did see the S&P 500 in the middle for diddle as usual, up 75 uh, uh, 75 points, 41.36, up above the 4,100 level. VIX volatility index, as you would expect. One, it's a Friday and nobody wants to hold uh, big option positions over the weekend. Two days of time decay. And uh, that fell 14.4%, back down to 17.19. So clearly the market is expecting the worst of the regional banking problems to be over, perhaps. We shall see how that works out. Meanwhile, in Europe, uh, their markets were better as well. Stock 600 up 1.1%. FTSE up 1%. Germany up one4 France up 1.26% as well. Uh, they did good stuff. And Spain up 1.2%. So not a bad effort from Europe. Our spy futures are showing another bounce up 64 points or 0.9 of a percent. Friday, of course, we were up 27 points. Uh, certainly a good couple of days on Thursday and Friday, bucking the trend on our market and pushing up from those lows just below 71.50. Currently trading at 72.20. And SPY futures pointing to a 64-point gain today. Looking at U.S. stocks, well, Apple was up 4.7% on the back of their numbers. A good result from them. Meta, not doing much, 0.3% down. Google up 0.8%. Microsoft up 1.7%. Amazon up 1.6%. Tesla having a good day, 5.5%. A good day in Tesla usually means a good day for lithium stocks. Netflix up 06 U.S. banks bouncing back big time. J.P. Morgan up 2%. Citigroup up 3.2%. Goldman up 1.8%. Bank of America up 2.7%. Wells Fargo up 3.3%. And Block, the artist formerly known as Square, down 2%. Not such a good day for them. But ExxonMobil up 2.5%. General Motors screaming away. So it wasn't just uh, Tesla rather in the car companies. General Motors also doing well up nearly 5%. Ford up 3.7%, so certainly some optimism around there. In European banks as well, optimism there too. Barclays up 3.4%, used to be smart, UBS up 3.9%, and Deutsche up 4.5%. It is on for young and old. 10-year yields in the US unchanged, 3.435. Two years unchanged as well, 3.918. 
tens in Australia, 3.397%. We saw Bitcoin up 2.4%. The Aussie dollar, 67.48. The US dollar index falling slightly on uh, the markets on Friday. Looking across to commodities, we had Brent crude up nearly 4%, $2.87, $75.41. We had WTI up 4.1%, there. And gold, as you would expect, all that money flowing back into equities. Gold was down 1.7%, back down $34.60 to $2,016.50. Platinum, though, managed to hold up 1.9% better. Copper up 0.8%, nickel up 2%, aluminium up 1.1%, zinc up 2.3%, lead up 0.8%, and ton up 1.3%. Iron ore not doing much, although we did see a little bit of a rally on Dalian Futures up around 1.9% on Friday. So a little bit of encouragement there for the iron ore stocks. BHP in ADR terms up 4.5%. Rio in ADRs up 3.56%. Freeport McMoran up 3.6%. Alcoa 5.2%. Tech was down half a percent. Uh, we do have Anglo-American up 3%. Glencore up 2.3%. Vale up 4%, and Arbamal up 2.3%, with CBA trading overseas up 2.1%. In the US, Apple had their biggest single-day increase since November 30, adding around $107 billion to the company's market value. It is now worth $2.75 trillion US dollars. The stock has rallied year-to-date 34%. Interesting big move for them. Now, of course, on Friday, we did have the U.S. jobs numbers out. That was the big event. Non-payrolls increased 253,000 for April, which beat Wall Street's estimates for around 180,000. The unemployment rate was 3.4%. So that is showing signs that the Fed work is not yet done. However, also showing signs that the recession seems a long way off. Average hourly Earnings rose 0.5% for the month and have increased 4.4% for the year. So it certainly looks as if the Fed has more work to do. But uh, at the moment, certainly those recession fears easing a little bit. We do get more numbers out of the US this week. Uh, We get US wholesale inventories on Monday. Biden is meeting on the debt limit with congressional leaders on Tuesday. We get uh, another bit of Fed speak from John Williams speaking to the Economic Club of New York on Tuesday, US CPI Wednesday. We get Chinese PPI and CPI Thursday. And the big one, I guess, is the US PPI initial jobless claims on Thursday after that big CPI number on Wednesday. So plenty going on, plenty to keep us occupied this week, Wednesday and Thursday, key days. Of course, over the weekend as well, it was... The Berkshire Hathaway AGM in Omaha and, uh, of course, the auditorium packed. I think Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett went for about six and a half hours of Q&A. Some of the highlights included, Buffett says there's no option for reserve currency beside US dollar. Buffett says Apple is different. It's a better business than any we own, he said. 
Sometimes he said portfolio diversification is diversification. Commercial real estate starting to see the consequences of high borrowing rates, Buffett says. And Charlie Munger says, and this is a goodie, says old-fashioned intelligence works pretty well over AI. So some good comments from Charlie and Warren. I'm no doubt that many will be pouring over those uh, in the days to come. So that'll be interesting there. As far as other events go in the US, we have uh, Janet Yellen saying on Sunday that the failure to raise the debt ceiling will cause a steep economic downturn in the US. And she reiterated her warning that the Treasury Department may run out of measures to pay its debt obligations by June. And finally, from the US, just looking at some of the extraordinary moves in US regional banks, Western Alliance and Zion Bancorp uh, gained 49% and 19% respectively. Comerica rose 17%. Keycorp was up nearly 10%. Uh, The KBW Regional Banking Index, which is down around 30% this year, closed nearly 5% higher. So that's certainly a big, big move there. Uh, As many as 16 of the mid-side banks have shed more than $57 in market cap since last Friday. And short sellers reaped a combined $430 million in paper profits betting against PacWest, Western Alliance, Zion and First Horizon on Thursday. So there you go, out hunting in packs, those guys at the moment. As far as local news today goes, well, it's all going to be about the budget, of course, tomorrow. Uh, There does seem to be some uh, relief uh, for Australian gas producers with the petroleum rent resource tax. Uh, looks like it's only going to be around $2.4 billion over the next four years. Uh, the industry seems relatively happy with this. Uh, of course, Woodside and Santos, uh, the biggest beneficiaries of a slight watering down, or diluting down anyway, of these uh, the big draconian taxes that were rumoured to be around and about pre the budget. So we'll see if that comes true, but certainly the APPEA seems a little happier. Uh, with this number than anything else. 2.4 billion over the next four years. Uh, that's share between Woodside, Santos, Shell and Chevron mainly. So um, not a massive impost there as far as they go. Of course, the big news today, corporate front-wise, is Westpac. Their numbers out this morning said it's half-year profit. First half jumped 22% to $4 billion, which is above market estimates, which I think were around 38 2 billion. It readies for a slowdown in credit growth over the second half. The net interest margin, which is the crucial one, rose five basis points to 1.96 or 1.9%, excluding notable items and treasury and markets. They lifted the interim dividend by 15% compared with the first half of 2022, 70 cents. And it would shift its focus to target higher margin business lending over the second half. Its net increase interest income on a cash basis was 9.11 billion which was below the estimates of 9.32 the net interest margin also a little bit uh, below uh, the uh, the market estimates of 2.02 came in at 1.96 total impairment charges uh, only 390 million uh, they were going for uh, 377 and return on equity 11.3% Uh, 10.6 looks as if it was the number people were going for. And the SETI, CET1, came in at 12.3%.
0.5% there. In other news today, Treasury Wine Estates is stepping up to a cost-cutting and restructuring push, mainly looking at its commercial wines under 10 bucks per bottle. I wasn't sure you could get wine under 10 bucks a bottle. Uh, the company has a workforce around 2,500 people, and it did look at uh, a looming restructure, which really means watch out for your jobs. In terms of broker research out this morning, Aristocrat Leisure has been reinitiated a positive at Evans and Partners. Wilson's is uh, looking at the lithium sector today. Uh, they have uh, Atlantic Lithium initiated overweight with a dollar ten target, ninety three percent upside. Good luck with that one. Ironeer uh, initiated overweight with a fifty five percent target. Leo Lithium overweight with a one fifty five target. Core initiated market weight with a 90 cent target that's a bit disappointing and liontown initiated market weight with a $2.90 target we also saw amp reinstated neutral at city orica upgraded to overweight from neutral at jp morgan eluca uh, has been upgraded to outperform from neutral at macquarie anz downgraded to neutral from outperform at macquarie and als ALQ downgraded to a hold from a buy at Jefferies. And Chalice Mining downgraded to underweight from neutral at Baron Joey. Also had news out this morning that Telex Pharmaceutical has entered an agreement with Bayer AG to supply Elucix, which is a good move for them. And Woolworths acquisition of Petspiration. (sighs) Love these names. Has been delayed by the ACCC decision. And ProBiotech has uh, tapped Canterbury Partners to review its options as we are seeing a renewed interest from M&A activity in this one. So that's certainly of interest for those in those sorts of biotechs, which have had a lot of focus recently. Well, that's it so far this morning. Just checking if there's any late announcements out. Uh, We have uh, Linus, Rare Earths, Note Malaysian Operating Licence to Import and Process, Lanthionide, Concentrate is now valid until January the 1st, 2024. That will push Linus significantly better today. That gives them far more time to build their WA processing plant. Telga has provided a permitting update. Uh, Swedish court will publish a decision on whether to grant the refinery with environmental permit application on the 21st of June. And uh, Panoramic has provided Savannah drilling update as well. And GQG Partners has reported funds under management as at the end of April, 98.6 billion versus 94.5 billion. Net inflows of 5.4 billion. Seems that some fund managers are getting money in the door. And Red Hill has reported King of the Hills April gold production, 18,633 ounces versus a month ago, 17,000. 550 ounces. Well, that's it from me today. Question of the day today. With the budget looming, are you expecting the budget to change anything for the investment outlook? Obviously, it looks like the PRRT has been watered down a smidge. And are you expecting other moves in the budget to change your investment outlook on the Australian market? As I say, that's it for the day. Thanks very much for listening. Have a great day. And as always, may the trading gods be with you.